Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. This shear is both for Tishabov and a shear on Parshas Ve'eschanan. In Parshas Ve'eschanan, we read the Psukim that we also read on Tishabov. He said, When you will father, when you will produce children and grandchildren, the Naishan and you will become old in the land, meaning after you have lived in the land of, of Eretz Yisrael for many generations, and then you will act in a destructive fashion, and you will make a pestle, you will make a statue that is a representation of anything, meaning you will make idols for idolatry, and you will do that which is bad in the eyes of Hashem to make him angry. So in other words, if after being some amount of time in Eretz Yisrael, you begin to misbehave in a very serious fashion. So the Pasuk says, I have called to testify today as a Shemayim v'yesa'oretz, I have called as witnesses the heavens and the earth, ki avoid toivedun maher, that you will quickly be destroyed, me'al ha'aretz, from the land, asheratem oivrim asiyarden shomadar ishtah, that you are crossing over the yarden to inherit. You will be quickly sent out from Eretz Yisrael. Loisa arichun yamim aleha, you will not have many days upon it, ki hishamed because he will be destroyed. Rashi comments on this unusual word, v'noishantem ba'aretz. Rashi says, Ramaz lehem, was giving them a hint, mimena, that they will have to go in exile from the land, v'sayf shmeina meyas v'chamishim u'shtayim shana. At the end of 852 years, like the numerical value, like the gematria of the word v'noishantem. So the numerical value of the word v'noishantem is 852. So Rashi is saying that Rosh Rabbeinu used this unusual phrase in order to hint to the B'nai Yisrael that a prediction that this is going to happen after 852 years in Eretz Yisrael. Now, Rashi here introduces a question. He doesn't ask it uh, directly. He doesn't ask the way a Taisvis on the Gemara might ask a question, Ve'im Taimar or Kasha. But Rashi states his question. Vuhu, and the Kodesh Rashi states his question by answering it, so to speak. Vuhu, and he, Hashem, Hikdim, he went early. The Higlam, and he sent them into Golos. He sent them into exile at the end of 
and 50 years. So the prediction was that it would take 852 years before Hashem would find it necessary to exile us from the land. But Rashi says HaKadosh Baruch Hu did it two years earlier than that, at the end of 850 years. Hashem made it two years earlier than the calculation and the numerical value of the word Vinayshantem. Why? In order that it should not come true, the prediction of Avoid Tevedun. Pasik says if you don't behave and you do idolatry, you will be destroyed. Kaddish Baruch didn't want that to happen. And therefore, he didn't allow the, the sins to build up to their absolute maximum. And therefore, the punishments didn't build up to the absolute maximum. So he sent this into Gullus two years early. The Zehu Shinemar, and this is what it says in a Pasuk in Daniel, by Yishkoid al Hashem went quickly with the evil. Hashem brought the evil upon us quickly. By Yeviyeho Aleinu, and he brought it upon us. Kitzadik Hashem Elokeinu. Because Hashem, our God, is Sadiq, because he is righteous. Because Hashem is righteous, he brought the punishment upon us quickly. What does that mean? Perhaps you might think that Hashem is righteous and he's very good, so he might delay the punishment or he might not punish us at all. But Rashi says, what is the meaning? Siddhaka asa imanu. Hashem did a tzedakah with us. He did a favor for us. That he hurried to bring the punishment of Golas upon us two years before its intended time. It really should have happened at the end of 852 years, as Moshe Rabbeinu predicts in the Torah. But Hashem didn't want the full brunt of the punishment to hit us, so he, he did it two years early. So it shouldn't be quite so bad. Now, here, with these words, Rashi is, in effect, asking Akasha. Rashi Rabbeinu hints that it's going to take 852 years. But Rashi has Akasha. We find that really it took place after 850 years. Now, good question. Please excuse the ice cream truck outside. Um, I'd like to raise a technical point here before moving on to some other points. I've mentioned many times that Rashi's derev, Rashi's way, is that if there is a contradiction between a Pasuk that he is learning at the moment, between the Pasuk that he is commenting on and a later Pasuk, Rashi general, and because there's some sort of contradiction or difference, discrepancy between the two Pesukim, so usually Rashi will wait till the last Pasuk, till the second Pasuk, before raising the question. It's really quite logical. The Pasuk says something. I mean, we, we assume it's true. We, we think about it, we digest it, and that's all. If, you, if, if uh, in a later book in Tanakh or later in the same Sefer, there's something which seems to contradict it or doesn't seem to be exactly the same. So when we get to that place, we can ask about it. Now over here, Rashi seems to be breaking his own rule. Because how do we know that a Kodesh Baruch Hu sent us into Golas 
after only 850 years. It's at least in part based on a Pusik in Malachim. Because the Pusik in Malachim says that Shlomo HaMelech built the Beis HaMikdash v'shmeinim shana v'arba meya shana 480 years with Seis B'nei Yisrael Me'eretz Mitzrayim. He built the Beis HaMikdash 480 years after the Beis HaMikdash, after we left Mitzrayim. Now, in addition to that, the Gemara, uh, based on other psukim and other information, the Gemara says that the Beis HaMikdash Arisha, in the first Beis HaMikdash, stood for 400 years. So if from Yitzhiya's, 410 years, pardon me. Now, if you count from Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim 480 years to the building of the Beis HaMikdash, plus another 410 years that it stood, so that means it stood, 890 years. Now you do have to subtract 40 years because the 40 years that they're in the they were in the midbar that doesn't count. The whole point of the pasuk is that 852 years after being in Eretz Israel, Hashem will will bring will destroy the Beis Hamikdash and will send us into Golos. So you have 890 years from Yitzias Mitzrayim till the destruction of the first Beis Hamikdash minus 40 is 850. So this is how Rashi knew that a Kodesh Baruch who really sent us into Golas, not after 852 years, but only after 850 years. It is, to a large extent, based on a Pusik that is later in Tanakh, in Sefer Molochim. So perhaps it would seem that if Rashi would be following his general approach that he uses all over Chumash, <coughs> He wouldn't have raised this question here. When he gets to Sefer Malachim, Rashi wrote a commentary on Sefer Malachim also. When he gets there and he sees this Pusik, then maybe he can ask a question. The truth is even in Sefer Malachim, perhaps it's not necessary to ask the question because the Pusik in Sefer Malachim doesn't say when the Beis HaMikdash is going to be destroyed. But certainly over here in Chumash, it would seem to be out of place, this Rashi. What's the answer? I believe the answer is that when the Torah or Moshe Rabbeinu gives a prediction about, about the future, there Rashi, it is his derech, that he will immediately check to see if the prediction came true. He will go through the rest of Tanakh and the rest of all his knowledge from Tanakh, from Gemara, from Midrash, and he will check to see if in fact the prediction came true seems that that is, that, that is something that is necessary to do. If the Torah makes a prediction that is so real, that is so immediate, that, that Rashi has to investigate it immediately. And from, from where do I know this idea? So a, a very good support for this idea is in a Pasuk and a Rashi in Parsha's bow. Of course, we know one of the 10 Makkahs was the Makkah of Arba of locusts that ate up all the crops in Mitzrayim. So it says in the Pasuk there, that the locusts came, I'll call Eretz Mitzrayim, onto the whole land of Mitzrayim, and they rested upon the whole, in the whole border, within all the borders of Mitzrayim, very heavy, a very uh, heavy, strong, intense 
plague of locusts. Before this had never been such a plague, such a terrible plague of locusts. There had been other incidents of locusts in history, but not such a terrible one. There had never been a locust plague such as this one. And afterwards, there will not be. So here the Torah is making a prediction that afterwards, for the rest of history, there will never be another plague of locusts like this one. Now, Rashi, afterwards there will be no such plague of locusts. Now, Rashi has a kasha. He says, that plague of locusts that is described in the days of the Navi, Yoel, in the, the days of the first base of Mikdash, Shinemar, as it says, such a plague of locusts had never been before. So the Madna, we, we learn from that Pasuk, we see that it was stronger, it was heavier than the locust plague in the days of Moshe. So how could it be? Rashi has a very good question. How could the Torah say that there will never again be a plague of locusts with the same strength and intensity like the one in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu? But it says in the book of Yoel that there was. So the Rashi answers, he also shall Yoel mean in Harvey. The plague of locusts in the days of Yoel was by means of many different species of Arbe, many different kinds of locusts. Shohoyu Yachad, that they came together. Arbe, Yelek, Chasil, Gazam. These are different types of locusts that are mentioned in the Psukim in Yoel. Aval Shal Moshe, but the plague of locusts in the day of Moshe. It was only one specific type of locust, just the kind that's called by the name Arbe. And such a plague of such intensity of just one type of locust, there never was and there never will be. Now, what is Rashi's question over here? The Torah says that there will never be another plague of locusts like the one that Moshe Rabbeinu brought upon the Egyptians. The Rashi Azakasha, there was an even worse plague of locusts in the days of Yoel. Now, if the Klal, if the general rule is true, that Rashi doesn't ask Akasha based on a later Pusik, then why is Rashi asking Akashi over here? Rashi should address this question when he gets to say for Yoel. But I believe the answer is, as I said before, and I think this is a, a very good proof to the idea. Because Moshe Rabbeinu, because the Torah in Parshish Bo is making a prediction, a prediction that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is making in the Torah, that's, you must examine it immediately to see if it's true. And therefore Rashi went through his whole encyclopedic knowledge of history as reported in Tanakh, and he said, wait a minute, there was another plague of locusts that the, that the that the Navi says was even worse than the one in Mitzrayim, and Rashi gives his answer. This is a, a technical matter. Some people are not particularly interested in this kind of technicality. Uh, unfortunately, the, uh, the person giving this shear is myself, and I'm fascinated by this kind of thing. But let's move on to another aspect of this Rashi in Parshas Vaishchanan. Rashi says that, that Moshe Rabbeinu promised that if you don't behave, 
after 852 years, you're going to go into Golis. And Rashi comments, Rashi figured out from the Psukim that really they went into Golis after just 850 years. And Rashi says it was a favor. Kodesh Baruch Hu did a chesed. And what we see here is a very important thought to think about as we approach Tisha B'Av, that even when a Kodesh Baruch Hu punishes us, there's still always a tzad chesed. There's always some, some side of kindness. There's always in some way that the punishment or the way that the punishment is given is actually beneficial. And I'd like to bring a, another example of such a phenomenon. And this comes from the story of the Miraglim, which of course, as we know, really the, the ultimate root of the Hurban Beis Amikdash, just as the Miraglim came back and discouraged the people from entering Eretz Yisrael on the 9th of Av. So we know that's why the 9th of Av was established to be such a day of tragedy for the Jewish nation. Now it says in Parshish Dvorim, where Moshe Rabbeinu retells the story of the Miraglim, tells the whole story that we know. They, came, they went to Eretz Israel, they spied out the land, they, they saw certain things that were discouraging, they came back, they discouraged the people. And Moshe Rabbeinu told the people, I'm sorry, you're going to have to be here in the Midbar for a long time now. And the people said, no, no, we want to go to Eretz Yisrael right now. We're doing tshuva. We're going right away. Pasuk says, And I spoke to you and I told you not to rush to go to Eretz Yisrael, to accept the punishment. You didn't listen. You rebelled against the word of Hashem. And you went, you went very purposely, purposefully and with knowledge and you did what you knew you were not supposed to do, and you went up the mountain on your way towards Eretz Yisrael. You said, we're going right now. And out came the Amori. So who came out? The Amorite nation, who dwelled on that mountain. They came out to greet you. They didn't come out to greet you with, uh, with, uh, with a nice kiddush. They came out with their swords. And they chased after you, as the bees will chase someone that they want to sting. And they crushed you in the land of Seir, Ad Harmo, to the place called Harmo. What does it mean? That they attacked us and they chased after us the way that bees will do. So Rashi says, just like this bee, when she strikes a person, when a bee stings someone, she immediately dies. So so these emorium also, so these emorium also, when they touched one of you, when they struck one of you, Miyad may seem immediately they died also. So each time they killed a Jew, but that Amuri also died. What do we see here? We see a similar idea that even when the Amurium were killing us, 
But there was a tzad chesed, there was an aspect of kindness. Because now there were fewer amoyrim around to get in our way when we would eventually go into that land and attempt to conquer it. Even when a Kodesh Baruch Hu punishes, there is always some aspect of kindness. It could be suggested, I believe it's true, that part of the reason the Tisha B'Av is a Mayad, it's identified in Pasuk and in Halacha as a Mayad, as a special day, as a sort of a Yom Tif. And in fact, we don't say Tachanun on Tisha B'Av. We don't say Slichais on, on Tisha B'Av because it's a Yom Tif. Part of the reason is this in itself, because we see that even in the punishment of Golas, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu did it with the Chesed. He did it, there are many aspects of the Chesed, despite all of the many not so delightful aspects. But there were several aspects of Chesed. We are concentrating here on one particular aspect, that it was done two years early so that it should not lead to total destruction. That means as HaKadosh Baruch Hu was slapping us on the face with this punishment of Golas, but he's also hinting to us, there will be a Gaula. You're not going to be totally destroyed. You will continue to survive, and you will eventually come back. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash minagainbmore.